Hey, it's Sheila Renee, and this is No Worries Before 30s. I'm your host, Sheila Renee, and during this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things to do before 30 without worrying and stressing. So this week, we're going to be talking about finances. Get in the bag is a very, very serious matter. And with me today, I have my coworker slash workout bestie slash confidant, Valentina. Thank you for having me, Sheila. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah, so tell the people a little bit about your background. So I am a soon-to-be 30-year-old communication specialist working for a large health insurance company. Good, good, good. Yeah, sounds like you make a lot of money. Just the way how that sounds sounds like a lot. (laughs) Don't be fooled. I, I don't. So what are your financial goals before 30? Um, so my financial goals before 30, I would say uh, there were a few things. Um, I wanted to, of course, like most people, pay off my student loans. Uh, I wanted to increase my credit score. I wanted to have a taste of what it felt like to have an 800 credit score. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And then also... Um, just beef up my emergency fund and um, improve my contributions to my 401k to prepare for retirement. Absolutely. That sounds like very professional, very on my 30-ish <laughs> grind the, the with the payoff <laughs> debt, the emergency fund, all of yes. that. So, I mean, let's get into it. How have these goals changed since your early 20s? Have you always had these goals or are these newish goals? I think in my early 20s, um, you know, just post grad school, I had this huge idea that as soon as I finish, I will be making a bunch of money. And that just did not happen. So I knew that um, I was going to work hard to pay off my loans, but I wasn't sure how quickly I'd be able to do it. And I was consistent with paying off, well, starting to pay off my loans as soon as I started my, um, well, as soon as I started the a job at the current company that I'm at. Um, but it, even with paying my loans monthly, it wasn't making a dent. And so from that point, I really understood that I needed to go a different route if I was going to pay off all of my loans uh, by the time that I was 30. Mm-hmm. And so what was that route? What did you end up doing? Did you make like double, triple payments, every bonus through money at it? Like what was the strategy? I think the biggest strategy was just the the commitment and the decision. I think before you make a huge change or before you achieve a goal, you really have to commit 100% to yourself that you're going to stick with the process because it's really easy to give up and to stray and to just say, oh, I'll just pay it when I'm 60 or when I feel like I have enough money (laughs) rather than just trying to do what you can to pay it off where you are right now. And so uh, part of the thing that helped me with my journey was kind of creating a loan payoff pact with my older sister. Uh, She also had student loans that she had recently accumulated and we both made the decision that we wanted to pay them off within a certain time frame. Um, She is a couple years older than 30, so she, paying it off by 30 wasn't her goal. Her goal was just to pay it off quickly. But for me, um, 
at that time, my goal was to pay it off by the time that I was 30. And I made this decision back in December of 2017, although I had started paying on my loans um, from December of 2015. Wow. So it took you five years. Technically. So from, uh, from December 27 or December 2015 to December of 2017, I had been paying my loans consistently every month, um, but my loan interest was so high that the amount I was paying into was only going towards interest, so it wasn't making a dent in my actual loan at all. So that two years or so of paying loans was straight interest, um, and by 2017, um, I think I had accumulated somewhere between five and seven thousand dollars worth of interest and um it was really seeing my money going nowhere that pushed me to want to make a change and so that change was like you mentioned increasing my payments finding where i could cut out spending um praying for praying and actively working towards uh raises with the jobs that i was doing um, and just really setting a budget and knowing where all of my money was going at the time. Absolutely. Like, I am so, so, so very inspired and proud of you. Because first of all, I was also one of those people that were like, I'm never paying off my loans. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be like Barack Obama at 50. Like, well, I finally paid off my last student loan. And for those of my listeners that don't know, I did go to law school. So I have almost six figures of debt uh, to pay off. And so I do want to learn how to pay it off. Because right now I'm absolutely positive. I'm probably only paying interest and maybe not even that. I don't even know if it's enough to cover the interest on the loan, actually. So I feel like those were very, very helpful tips. But let's rewind a little bit back. Like think mm -hmm. back to your childhood. Um, what did your parents not teach you about money and finances? Like, do you feel like there were gaps either from your family or even in high school or any other classes that you took when you were younger? Yes. So um, I would say my family is, I don't even know if you could call it middle class, because middle class has gotten a lot higher nowadays. But I'll say for the sake of, you know, present tense, our, my family grew up middle class. So we didn't have, you know, a lot of money to stretch or, you know, buy a lot of extra things. I have three siblings and um, all of us are two years apart. So in school and, you know, in sports, all of that stuff costs money. So there, we never had like any extras. We always had what we needed, but not, um, maybe not necessarily everything that we wanted. So my parents, I will say that, that they did teach me the importance of saving money. What they didn't teach me is the importance of making your money grow and learning how to invest that money. Yes. Um, yeah, that was not something that they had really experienced. So I think it was just difficult for them to pass that down. Uh, as I got older, um, into my like my college years, my dad um, was pretty, uh, I'll say, he encouraged me more to um, look into or make sure to invest once I got 
you know, a full-time paying job um, to put money towards my 401k because that's something that he didn't focus on when he was younger and just were, uh, just starting out. Um, and that was because he had a lot of kids to take care of, you know, me and my three siblings. And so putting money away wasn't the focus because he needed the money in that moment to provide for all of my family. So um, from him and from my mom, I've learned to not only uh, put money aside, but I'm creating my own path of learning how to uh, generate wealth for years down the line, rather than just for the present tense and for what I need it now for. Absolutely. I feel like that is so powerful, creating generational wealth, wealth and money that we can pass down to our family, to our kids and their kids and their kids' kids so that they can buy a house with no issue and, you know, start the businesses that they want. I feel like that is so very critical. And um, I just wanted to also share my own experiences with finances and money growing up. It was non-existent. <laughs> we didn't have like a financial plan um, when I was in high school. I want to say I did not have like an allowance or anything, but my mom would just give me money if I needed it. Like if I was playing a sport and I needed money, she'll just give me $20. Or if I'm going to the movie, she would give me 20 or 30 or whatever it is. And then I just would spend it like this money is supposed to be used for this thing so spend it all there was no concept of like saving it say only yeah. spend five dollars you know save the other five and i really really love my mom i love you mom if you listen to this <laughs> but um we did not discuss money and so i think you know when you get that first job growing up you do have to think about how am i going to save for retirement. And my mom was also in the military, so they are pretty much covered and didn't have to think about corporate America and pulling money out of your own paycheck, you know, setting aside a certain percentage of it um, to invest into your 401k. So it took a lot of self-learning and me basically calling my friends like, what did you put on your tax form? Like, what am I supposed to put? I have no idea. And, and trying to figure it out as far as um, saving and investing. I feel like we're just now getting into that. Like what stocks are you interested in and how long have you been looking into it and how much return has one particular stock made this year? Those were definitely not conversations that I had when I was younger. Unfortunately, I was living for the moment. So uh, how's that song go? Get a check and spend it, get it right back. <laughs> I totally no. messed up all the words, but you got to get the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> that was the route that we went. Yeah. I will say, too, that um, one, my parents did teach me the importance of hard work. So if we didn't have a job, you know, during high school, we didn't. We didn't go anywhere. We couldn't buy anything like you had to, except for my little brother. He got spoiled like he was able to do stuff and got taken care of but all the rest of us we had to have jobs in order to um do anything that we wanted to do whether that's you know buy something or go out with friends we needed the money to do that because my parents were not about to finance our lifestyles <laughs> um but the other thing i was going to mention is that when i first started working uh you know post-grad school and everything i was scared about putting my money into a 401k because i couldn't see it and so i felt like 
you know, this is my money and, you know, it's being put somewhere else for someone else to have access to and not me. Um, and it took me a while to really understand that that money is mine and it's growing for me. And it's not just under some entity that is, you know, picking and choosing, you know, how I am spending my money. Yeah, and that's key. Like, people are fearful of what they don't know, right? If you don't really know what's going on, where that money goes to, how it's growing, if and when you can get it out, why do you have to take out a loan to get your own money back? You know, there's a lot of questions that go into it for sure. But I wanted to turn back to student loans. You talked about paying down your debt Mm -hmm. and the pack that you and your sister made, but what sacrifices did you guys have to make in order to get to your goals? And especially, this is so important, especially for somebody who has the same goal as you to pay off the debt before 30. Yes. So um, just to reiterate, my goal was to pay off all of my student loans. So from undergrad and grad school, by the time I turned 30, and so at the time that I made that pact with my sister, I was, I think I had just turned 27. Yeah, I had just turned 27. Woo, shout out to so. the 27 year old. <laughs> Here's truly the best year. Yes. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not my best year either, seeing how we're in a global pandemic still, but you know. Yeah. But yeah, so December 2017, um, I made that pact that by December of 2020, I would be 100% debt free. So that was two years and some change, two years and a month um, that I would be debt free. And for me, in order to get there, it required using no more often. Um, but it didn't necessarily change my lifestyle a ton. I read a lot of articles and just like different, seen different videos on YouTubes and, thing like, and things like that talking about, you know, people's journey to financial freedom. And, you know, a lot of people had to sacrifice, you know, their comforts and, you know, just give up a lot. And I think because of the way that I was living previously and that I am not, I'm not quick to spend money like I, if I'm impulse buying, it's usually for someone else, but not myself. So Aww. I have always been pretty good about managing my money and saving my money. So it was just the fact that my money now had to go to something that wasn't me. Like I was used to putting money away into a savings account, no problem. Um, when I started working, just by habit, I was able to spend or save approximately $10,000 a year, even on the the lower salary that I started with. Woo! Um, 10,000. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard. Um, but yeah, so I was in the habit of saving money, but I wasn't in the habit of taking extra amounts of money and putting that towards something that I couldn't see or something that wasn't improving right away. And so to, to wait, the question was, what did I give up? Yeah, any sacrifices that you Oh, yeah, the sacrifices. That mm -hmm. was the word. I forgot. Um, but the sacrifices, I would say, would be just tracking everything. So I use Mint. I still use Mint.com as yes. my tracking device. I use that um, 
Mm-hmm. Hold on, we're not gonna say their name because they're not paying us. But yeah. that is a good I use an online budgeting <laughs> tool <laughs> to track my expenses, to track my income, um, to and to track my net worth. So you can see all of that within that, which is very helpful to see. Um, sticking to the budget that I set for myself, and really when it comes to like the extra expenses, so like traveling or like going on trips with friends or just having a really big, you know, celebration for whatever it may be. I limited all of those things, um, but I still made time and made exceptions for the things that I found most important. So, you know, during those two years that I was paying off my loans, I had my groups of friends who were going on like multiple trips and going out of the country and um, just really balling out and having a good time you know i just gotta stop you right there because i feel like i met you in 2018 and (laughs) you still were going on trips and last year with dc and so okay so selective trips right that was important but i'm just saying that's great that you were still able to do the most important things yeah um, whether it's trips or whatever you weren't just yeah. like eating noodles and noodles ramen noodles and pinto beans and that's just it beanies and weenies like all the struggle meals so i so mean there, go ahead there are a lot of things that i still turned down so like you said I, you saw me go on trips but they were the most important ones that i prioritized and put at the top of the list so Uh, One of them was um, one of my best friend's weddings. One of them was um, uh, a surprise. It was a lot of weddings, actually, now that I think about it. It was wedding. Yeah, it was wedding season 2019. So I was here and there and everywhere going to. But it was important people. So I made the time and set aside the money to do that. And I think in in 2018, I may have taken a, a family trip. Um, but that was probably the extent of my trips for that year. Um, but outside of those like major um, life events for my friends, I did not do anything specific like for myself that I wanted to do. I didn't do like a big birthday trip or um, nothing truly that expensive really for those two years. Wow, the sacrifice. I would be so sad if I could not take a trip on my birthday, like trips for my birthday, which is a nationally recognized holiday, obviously, is a must. (laughs) Everything else would have to be sacrificed. I'll have to attend somebody else's wedding via Zoom. But the birthday, you have to treat yourself. Um, So we've been hinting around this, but we've not really disclosed numbers. But if you feel so comfortable, please do tell us how much you you are able to pay off or the range. Yes. So uh, in the two, well, my total amount of my loans was $54,000. So that was a combination of undergrad and grad, which in comparison to a lot of people, unfortunately, that's a really good number for both undergrad and grad. But um, like I mentioned, those first two years, uh, that money didn't go anywhere. So when I made that decision with my sister to pay off my loans in December of 2017, I believe my balance was still in the, I think it had inched slightly below the 50s. So it might have been high 40s at that point. But so from, wow, yeah, from um, 50s. 
four. Mm-hmm. Five, four. Five, that four. is more than what most people make in a year. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So from that, December awesome. 2017 to uh, June 30th of 2020, I paid off those loans. My goal six Go months early. That's that's amazing. And he did this with like no Dave Ramsey snowball effect. <laughs> None of these other things that I see online, or did you like steal from some of their tactics too? Well, I, I me and my sister, we did watch a lot of Dave Ramsey, but I didn't follow like his strict of rules. So one of a couple of the things that he says is to do like beans and rice in terms of like the food that you're eating. I don't want to eat beans and rice for two years. So I did not do that part. I don't do do the beans and rice. I still did a few special trips for family and friends, um, which is something that he advises that you don't do. He talks about, you know, moving in with another person or getting a second job. Both things I considered. Um, I considered moving in with um, one of my coworkers um, because my lease had during that, those two years, my lease had, you know, started and ended. And so I was trying to figure out what I should do and what would be best just finance wise. But I also like living alone. So I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yes. No, that's a no go for me. That's a whole other podcast episode, not having yeah. a roommate yeah. before 30, unless it's your life partner. Because I cannot, I really <laughs> cannot, but don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> People are crazy out here. So, yeah, I completely agree. I did not, I, I haven't had a roommate since my freshman year in college. So, I was not trying to backtrack. So, I thought about it, never executed on it. I thought, I thought about getting a second job for a couple years, but my main job was usually so stressful that, I'm just, that I just felt like I didn't have the mental or physical energy to do a second job, although I'm sure I could have. I just would have stressed myself out a lot more, and I, I didn't want to do that to myself. So rather than getting a second job, I just figured out ways to um, track my spending, limit my spending, and allocate as much money as possible to my loans every month. So from, I think, the first bigger payment that I made, at the first bigger payment that I made in December of 2017, I think my monthly payment was uh, probably around $300 or so based on my income. So I doubled that for that month. And then um, just continue to chunk whatever extra money that I could do uh, towards my loans for that entire year of 2018. And towards the end of 2018 is when I realized the actual key to paying off your loans, which is if your loans are broken down into different specific loans. So if, you know, you have, you know, five loans from undergrad and two or three larger loans from grad school to pay them off individually. And that's what I started doing. Um, From undergrad, I had nine different loans starting from, yeah, dating back to 2009 when I first started college. Uh, And so those were continuing to gain interest. And so that was part of the reason why I wasn't seeing any progress was because 
those same ones back from 2019 that I first took out when I started school were still accruing, no matter how much interest that I was throwing at it. And it wasn't enough to beat out the interest. So when I, I started seeing progress when I was tackling the loans one by one. And so I started with the lowest one just to give myself um, a win um, and to help to help with that snowball effect, because once you pay out, once you see one item zero out, then you're like, okay, I can do this. And so starting with that one and moving on to the next one the month after or the month after that helped me gain that momentum and get less fearful about putting my hard earned savings at the time into mm -hmm. this black hole of student loans. So just tackling it one by one was what really helped me. And because some of them were really large, I I was paying part of them some months and not, you know, the full thing. Um, but once I mm -hmm. got into 2019 and, you know, started seeing that my loan amount was basically chopped in half and I was beating out the interest that I was owing every month, that, you know, encouraged me even more to pick up the speed and get it done, paid off earlier than I was anticipating in 2020. Absolutely. So this is my this is going to be my last question in regards to the loans, because I'm just getting so excited for you, hoping that some of that juice rubs off on me and I feel motivated to like pay Uncle Sam. But would you take out student loans again? Like not hindsight, like I would have never taken them out. But like, would you consider going back to school and taking out more loans for whatever doctoral program or something? Never. Or are you never. over it? <laughs> I, unless said company if someone paid right, my schooling I will go back to school and sometimes I kick myself because I had the opportunity to go to school for free and I chose otherwise because I had fallen in love with the school and just imagine myself there and didn't want to consider any other options so definitely who would have thought differently I have to chime in there because when you said I fell in love, I thought you were going to say I fell in love no. with a boy. <laughs> I was about my books, my boy. No. <laughs> I am so weak. So the hard part is over. Everything is paid off. So what do you do with all your money now? Like, where is all this free money going to? Is it really free fab to slave for it? But anyway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's funny because it's no longer going into yeah. the black hole. So, of it, I mean, it actually doesn't feel like I'm have that much more money every month. Um, I did get a new role this year, so that helped bump me up um, a good amount. But because my allocation stayed the same in terms of like my four hundred one k, I basically just kind of switched the amount of money that I was paying towards my student loans and added that additional money towards my 401k. So um, when I paid off my loans in June of this year, I was able to uh, continue building up my emergency fund really quickly because I had never stopped contributing towards my emergency fund or my four or, or my 401k throughout the time that I was paying off my student loans. So when I first started paying back everything, I was trying to consider whether I should stop contributing to my 401k altogether 
and just focus on the student loans or try and do both. And my resolution was to do both because when it comes to investing, you can't regain time. And so I felt like even if it was less than I wanted it to be, um, less than the recommended percentage um, that I was able to contribute, I still wanted to contribute to my student loans. And I still wanted to put small amounts of money towards my emergency fund just in case anything were to happen. And so when I finished paying off the loans in June, I think I might have been, I don't, I don't remember where I was exactly at that point towards paying off my student loans or towards building up my emergency fund, but it was to a point where it only took me, you know, maybe a couple months after that to uh, maximize what I wanted my goal to be for my emergency fund. So I saved up, I think as of maybe, September, August, September, I saved up uh, a year's worth of expenses. Just what a year's worth of expenses. Yeah. Let me get a dollar. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people say that, but that is crazy. I was just about to ask you yeah. about your emergency fund because you keep talking about it mm -hmm. and, and saving up for it and, and, I was wondering, you know, as an almost 30 year old, that's obviously super important to me. And I was reading online somewhere, not sure how credible this source is because it was likely from Facebook. But anyways, it said that most the average American doesn't even have like $1,000 in their savings account. Mm -hmm. So like by the time you have any little small issue, boom, yeah. whole fund exactly. gone, having to use credit cards and taking out personal loans from, I don't know, some crazy place that has a ridiculous amount that you have to pay back. So what made you think I am going to save for one year, like one year's worth of expenses? That's a lot. I hear three months and I hear six months and six months is really my personal goal mm -hmm. before 30. But yeah, I've never met somebody in real life that can touch well i can't touch you no. but you know <laughs> i could if i wanted to but it's a pandemic yeah so anyway like i'm so excited what made you think that i'm gonna I'm have one year's worth yeah so it was a pandemic really because <laughs> <laughs> true true we can be out yeah. of a whole job right and not know what's going on yeah so initially my savings goal was six months but, you know, once COVID hit and, you know, they kind of locked everything down and really put fear in a lot of people, I just wanted to be, feel secure about anything that might happen just to know that I was set, you know, whether I needed to take some time away from work voluntarily or if involuntarily. No, I'm going to stop you. It's not going to be involuntary at all. You're going to feel like I got a year's work right. when this pandemic is over, I'm going to be doing something for a year, traveling, doing my side business, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, my goal was just to be prepared for anything um, in the midst of all the chaos that was going on. So that was my main reason for choosing uh, 12 months versus six months. It was just to have that cushion. And now that I have it, it feels a little weird to just see it sitting there. I have it in a an online high interest savings account, but it's not high interest anymore because of the pandemic. So it's low interest, but still better than, you know, just your regular day-to-day -day bank. 
So that's how I track it. That's where I continue to contribute to it um, and how I manage it. But um, it does, you know, it's a little weird to just have that sitting there because sometimes I feel like I should be doing something with this, but then other times it's just like, well, I'm happy that it's there just in case because you can't really predict what the next day is going to bring. So yeah, you sure can. You cannot predict. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to hear that again because one of my goals is definitely to continue to save, continue to build up that emergency fund. And I first started my baby goal of $1,000. <laughs> and that was a few years ago when I first got my first real job mm-hmm. after law school. And that seemed like such an unattainable goal. I was like, how am I going to get $1,000? So now I'm only working part-time and I have to pay credit card bills and all these other bills. But I was like slowly putting $50 here, $100 there. And one day I woke up and it was a thousand in there. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. let's keep going. So I felt motivated, just like how you felt that excitement when you were paying down debt. I was feeling that as my net worth was increasing. Yeah. So um, then I made the goal of trying to save three months worth of expenses. And um, I was pretty much more so able to do that the same way, but I I tried this time by just sticking to a set amount of my paycheck, like a couple hundred dollars, you know, needs to come off the top from the paycheck straight to emergency Mm -hmm. account versus me waiting to the end of the month and seeing what all is left to throw in the savings. I felt like if I took it from the top first, then I'd be able to just budget myself accordingly with whatever funds are left. So that's kind of how I was looking into it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I definitely do want to increase to at least six months. Um, I don't know. If I get to a year and I see all that money in the account, I'm going to go back to my bad habits (laughs) and bad ways. So that's not going to be good because I am a big um, saver, but I'm also a really big spender. Like all we do is spend money Mm -hmm. on food and just random things. Mm -hmm. Amazon, like there's a lot of temptation out there for sure. So speaking of crazy things, is there something that you spend money on like crazy, no matter what it is? You know, you might be disappointed in my answer, but there is not. I I don't really have uh, a vice or anything. Like I'm not, I love shopping, but I don't like spending my own money. So if I can shop with somebody else's money, that's better, but I will shop you know, <laughs> with my own. <laughs> Wait, who else's money are you going to be spending I mean, on? birthday gift money. Okay. You know, okay. Money. That's, that's all. There's, there's nothing more than that. <laughs> but um, yes, I don't, I'm not a big spender on, you know, just a lot of shopping. I don't have any particular kind of crazy habits. I eat a lot of food at home. I cook a lot for myself. So Although I like restaurants, it's not something that I'm buying constantly. Like if I eat out, it's probably going to be like one day during the week. That is good. So does eating out include restaurants, takeout, and fast food? All of that is only one time a week. Maybe one or two. This is why you're so skinny and small. I just need to live with you for like (laughs) two months. Get my life together. 
<laughs> I'm not. I've gained Corona weight. So no, I I'm don't happy. believe it. it is I don't true. believe it. It is the truth. But I'm I'm really not that surprised that you said you don't spend money like crazy. I mean, how could you when you are this serious saving person with one <laughs> year just, of I'm saving? I'm trying to retire early. Like I'm not built for this corporate life. So that's that's not the life I want to live my whole <laughs> rest of my time. So me either. So I'm, I'm really going to have to buckle down. I feel like the things that I spend money on is so silly and, and, and trivial. But one thing that I've read online um, to do with groceries is to not worry about name brands, like mm. name brand foods. Now, normally that doesn't matter to me, but there are certain things that I feel like we need to spend the extra money and get mm. the real deal. And one of those things is ranch. Like me and my fiance, we both love ranch. It's of all expensive, but I'm like, can you get the Hidden Valley ranch? Like, please oh don't God. get boo-boo, bojangles, whatever ranch. I need the real thing. You know, I don't eat cereal anymore, but if I did, I would like mm -hmm. the brand cereal and not Food Lion cereal. That's I feel like it just tastes different. That's understandable. Then too, kind of going off of uh, just the idea of name brands, I think one of the other ways not to find yourself spending a lot of extra money is by not following any like particular trends. So mm -hmm. I like, you know, dressing up, looking cute, but I'm, I've never been one to be like a, a label exclusive person. Like if it looks good on me, then I'm going to wear it. Um, so I, I like being able to shop like high and low. So to me, as long as it looks good, it doesn't necessarily have to be really expensive for me to want to buy it. I agree on that. I'm not big on name brands, but also I can't afford big name brands. <laughs> so you're stuck with what you're stuck with. I probably would have bought some red bottoms or something, but my bank account mm -hmm. said no. So <laughs> one day, though, I'm going to still be like, I didn't hit that six-month saving mark because I went and got these shoes from Red Bottom. Right, exactly. that hurt and don't fit well on exactly. my 10 foot. I need this in a Y. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the brands for clothing, I think it does matter, especially being in corporate America. Like, you don't want to look bummy, but at the same yeah. time, nobody says like, what name brand clothing is that but I feel like yeah you want to feel comfortable mm -hmm. you want to look nice yeah um so that is definitely tough I, yeah. I feel like I don't have such an issue with uh clothing as I do hair it is great that we're in this natural hair movement before <laughs> that I was into yakky hair and all these kinds uh -huh. of hair that was costing me trillions literally trillions <laughs> of dollars that I did not have but I was mm -hmm. like look I have to be laid and this has to be slick and this is me so yeah. now I'm able to embrace my natural yeah. right yes. mainly because I can't go to the hair salon due to pandemic right. but here we are that's where I was spending money like crazy I don't even think my fiance knows how much hair is he just be a lot oh you just got your hair down I'm like yeah, whole paycheck yeah. gone. <laughs> but it's cute though, you know. Don't touch me because <laughs> this this has to last for at least mm -hmm. six weeks. Yeah. So let's talk about bills before thirty. Uh, clearly, by my conversation, hair is on the budget and bill yeah. list 
even though it shouldn't be, but what are the main bills and some of the side bills that you just weren't expecting to have as a whole real adult before 30? Did anything catch you by surprise? I think the biggest bill of all is taxes because, you know, when you start a role, they tell you your starting position. And so mentally you start to plan around, you know, what that number is and how, what you're going to do with that money and, you know, how you can, where you can live with that budget. But then you get your check (laughs) and it's shriveled down. (laughs) All the way down. (laughs) I think that ground (laughs) one third disappeared you know and even with not even making that much money you would think you know that taxes wouldn't hurt you significantly I won't say hurt but that taxes wouldn't impact you significantly because you feel like you don't have much to work with but the government finds ways to take your coins so that was the biggest blow for me was just the taxes Um, I think everything else rent I knew what that would be up front you know all the other kind of day-to-day expensive internet electricity none of those necessarily surprised me more than rent and then to having to continuously pay student loans and things every month so those hurt me the most hurt my feelings the most absolutely yeah taxes big killer for me as well I I think Mm -hmm. you hit it on the head when you find out you get that job offer it says you got whatever fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars you're like yes let me get my calculator out this exactly. is this <laughs> i'm gonna have these cents in my bank account <laughs> and then you get your first no. and you're like what mm-hmm. like, yeah. how did that happen <laughs> so that is crazy to figure out how much we spend in, in taxes each year and i know you, you said that you had a pretty good idea on how much rent was but i feel like i did it and rent has increased so much in this yeah. area over yeah. time that i was a bit out of touch like yeah. i was thinking i don't know <laughs> let me think when i got my first apartment uh, back in 2014, mm-hmm. I want to say that's when I was in law school. I had a roommate, but we had a two bedroom apartment for $750. Wow. <laughs> in North Carolina, outside of Research Triangles. It was in a good area, good neighborhood. It wasn't updated or fancy or anything, mm-hmm. but it was a good spot. Yeah, you can find no place around here for that amount. It's almost double. So, like, yeah. I feel like that was I was a bit out of touch mm-hmm. when I started searching. When I got my full time job for apartments, I had mm-hmm. no idea that yeah. it was going over a thousand dollars, close to it, around mm-hmm. that range for what I was looking for. So that hit me. And even mm-hmm. outside of big bills, little small things like started to add up to me that I was used to my mom mm-hmm. or somebody else paying for. Like I had to get paper towels and my mom was like, go to Sam's Club. I'm like, this is $25 for paper towel rolls. Are you kidding me? So yeah. some things I just can't get used to. Paper towels and toilet paper forks like all these little simple things that other people used to pay for really really hit you hard and you have to Mm -hmm. budget for it i budget for it in my grocery bill like grocery plus housing and yeah it could be over a hundred dollars yeah 
that I go to the store because I'm racking up on other supplies for the house. That's what being a real adult intakes these days, which is crazy mm -hmm. thinking about I, it. I will say that, you know, in addition to like rent and like the big chunks of money, the the expenses that were unexpected for me most often had to do with my car mm. or my health. So my car, <laughs> I've had the same car. This is probably another one of the reasons why I was able to put more money towards my loneliness because I've had the same car since I was a sophomore or junior in high school. Same wow. car. Wow. The same one. The same All car. these years, it is still hanging years. in there. She's still holding on. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, because my car is old. My car is a 2002. Um, it has, you know, maintenance. And so that costs money. And so those, the first few years, I think I was in North Carolina, I spent a good amount of money just on the unexpected expenses with my car because I was driving a lot more up and down the highway, back and forth to Virginia from North Carolina, just a lot. And so my car was taking a hit. And so unexpected charges of anywhere from three to six, $700 are popping up. And so that hit me hard. And then, then too, um, my health. So I've had a few reoccurring issues with my health that have popped up over the years. One of them being um, a trip to the ER that costs, I think I was in the emergency room for all of a few hours, but when I left the expense was like $6,000. What? Yeah. For a so, couple of hours? Mm -hmm. So crazy. thankfully, because of insurance, I didn't have to pay the full amount, but I still had to pay a thousand plus just for those couple hours that I was there. And like that, those num those letters of, you know, owing money kept coming in the mail. And so that was pretty stressful during that time. And I think that was, that was in August of 2018. Absolutely. So things like that. Yeah, I've had so many health bills that mm -hmm. that's a whole nother podcast yeah. <laughs> on its own but yes yeah. I, that is definitely a budget line item for me uh some 30 year olds or almost 30 year olds maybe don't pay that close attention to their mm -hmm. health but if you do not it will definitely bite you in the butt later you don't want to be surprised yeah. with any unexpected um health bills because yeah as you just heard, it is not cheap <laughs> to try to pay those things off. Not mm -hmm. at all. Um, well, let's talk about some fun things, uplifting things. I feel like we went into a dark hole, a dark path. Yeah. <laughs> but um, let's talk about credit cards. Some mm -hmm. people really, really love credit cards. Maybe they shouldn't. They're probably mm -hmm. spending what they don't have. But how do you feel about credit cards? Do you see the goodness or is it all evil? <laughs> I don't think credit cards are evil. I think they can be useful. But I, when I have to pay for something, I like paying it in full and knowing that when I swipe my card, it's paid for. So because of that, I use debit way more than I use credit. I, ha I do have one credit card that I use mostly for travel. So if I have to rent a car, if I'm going out of town and like need a hotel, then I'll use that card for that. But on a day-to-day, -day, 
I like paying in cash for everything just for the peace of mind and knowing that it's paid. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I mean, I use my credit card slightly more heavily, but I had the same principles in mind. Like, um, let me think. And whenever I make a big expense, and a big expense to me is, I don't know, $500 or more. It could be 200, depending on how I'm feeling. Anytime Mm -hmm. it's into the hundreds, then I try to put it on my credit card because I want to get those points, those reward points. And, um, you know, be able to buy something later for free. So I do try to use it. But at the same time, I also try to like pay it down and not use it as like a loan against myself. Times that I haven't done that are for like very big things. Like if it's a trip and I needed to pay the whole $5,000, then I would just put it on credit card (laughs) and know that I'm going to be paying monthly this amount. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think that once you start using up all or most of your credit line, it does become a problem. It does affect your credit score and you may not be getting all the benefits that you really truly wanted out of it. But there's also ways to work the system. I mean, I know people that get free flights from their Mm -hmm. reward points and free hotels and all of this jazz. So I'm really in the place where I'm trying to find that balance. Like, how can I use the card that was given to me but also be responsible and not buy everybody, um, I don't know, an air fryer for Christmas that racks up. (laughs) So it's definitely hard to see like, okay, you have this credit limit, whatever, $10,000, $20,000, et cetera, but you should not spend it all. So it's a mind game to me. Definitely. So we are winding down. What I like to do at the end of each podcast, even though this is the very first one, is ask my guests your final thoughts as it relates to 30, getting close to 30. So I want you to fill in the blank and tell our viewers, listeners, your answer. For our final thought, before 30, I want to blank my financial goals before 30 i want to crush all of my financial goals which you already did ding (laughs) six months (laughs) early in advance but yes that is perfect i want to do the same i want to crush these goals i want to pay down the debt i want to see that net worth get out of the negatives back into the positives Mm -hmm and uh, really rock on. So thank you so, 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 so much for coming on board and for doing this. And I hope that our listeners really enjoyed it. So hopefully, you know, you're able to continue inspiring people to crush things before 30 and not get into too many entanglements with love or money. (laughs) I hope I don't get into entanglements with love or money either. So on that note, I will see you guys later. Talk to you soon.